We're, uh, we're having the kid conversation now. We're potentially doing that. And I don't know. It's kind of a rough time in our history to bring a child into this world. But forget it, you know? If the apocalypse comes, at least we'll always have something to eat. <laughs> Gotta think practical in trying times. We're not sure. We're not yet ready. You know, maybe, who knows? You know, but we're also doing nothing to stop it. We've pulled the goalie, so to speak. Yeah, we're using God as our birth control. I'm 33, I'm married, I'm never wearing a condom again. So I've just been pulling and praying for the last two years. But I'm a comedian, so my timing is impeccable. Yeah, I pull out with like three minutes to go and just Louis it in front of her for the back nine. It is interesting, though. It's interesting to watch the battle of my wife's brain versus her body. Because her brain, you know, is, is adamant, not yet ready for kids, but her body is that of a 33-year-old woman. So every time we have sex and I go to pull out, she fucking UFC leg locks me into place. I had to build up my hip flexors just to pop out. I'm like, how dare you try to rape a baby out of me? This has to be a consensual conception. This episode of the OP Radio Podcast, sponsored by Manscaped.com. Use promo code OP for 20% off. On your balls! We are here at Get Parts on the Upper West Side in New York City, and I'm with my friend, my pal, Mike Cannon. What's going on, Mike? How you doing? You walk in, and you see me by myself, setting up equipment, drinking a beer by, by my lonesome, because uh, my producer, Mike Sappho, he's like, dude, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be there, man. I'm going to definitely be there. It's been so long, Hope. Can't wait to hang out with you. And then he casually goes... But if Trump does or says anything stupid, then you're not going to see me because we're going to have to guard shit in New York City because he works for the uh, NYPD when he's yeah, not yeah. helping me out. So I guess uh, Trump said something stupid. He said and some sillies. <laughs> he said some more sillies. So uh, Mike is guarding the Statue of Liberty or something instead of helping me with my podcast. So there you have it. As a comedian, um, how do you handle the Trump thing? Because people can't people can't handle jokes about Trump. Because yeah. then you're a snowflake, you're a libtard, you're this and that. 
And what's so weird being in your business, uh, um, you know, uh, Trump does a lot of stuff that is a lot of fun to make uh, fun of. For and, sure. And yeah. come up with jokes. Yeah. But I mean, he's also like one of those guys where it's tough to mock a fart. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's already funny. He's he's hilarious in and of itself. So it's like it's hard to it's hard to turn something he did into a better bit. Yeah. I'm not that political as it is. I do stuff that are that like moderately touch on some social issues. And yeah. that hits you know the extreme left or the extreme right like everybody's fucking sense so you try to take the piss out of both uh, both sides right yeah which isn't smart because people want you to be on a team mike uh, right now i know that's probably why i'm not doing that great <laughs> <laughs> I, I do the same thing i'm like fuck it there's too much to make fun of and i would assume politically you don't really believe in in uh no our i believe they're all system. funded by evil yeah like it's all yeah. you know it's all money backed and all that stuff everybody's a warm warmonger it depends you know it, you're just dressing it up differently of course yeah i, I get all my political knowledge from George Carlin. Mm-hmm. Some of those CDs over the years and HBO specials. I'm like, if you want to know what I think about politics, just throw on any George Carlin record or yeah. CD or download whatever the hell they're called these days. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, the whole thing needs a uh, wild overhaul. Money needs to be taken out of politics, and that's pretty much my extent of knowledge on politics. I agree, <laughs> but I, I, I recently admitted because uh, Trump used to call our radio show back in the day mm-hmm. many times, and he was very entertaining. I bet. And soon. As he hung up, we we uh, made fun of the guy that he's a narcissist and he's so full of shit and he's you know he he's not self aware all that yeah yeah but when he's on the radio with you he's so entertaining so uh, uh, recently I admitted that I love Trump uh-huh. I love him to death but I don't I don't think I want him to be the president. Yeah. Well, so I think I think the, you could love someone and also not really want them to be in charge of the the free world. I think that's fair. I think I I think Michelle Wolf was saying something similar at the correspondence dinner where she was like, I think the entire media needs to be honest with themselves and with the people and just say you love this guy because he funds your existence. Of course. Without him, there would be a void that you'd actually have to do real journalistic work. 100%. Back in the day when Rush Limbaugh was huge on the radio, it was because Clinton was in office. Mm-hmm. When when he wasn't uh, yelling and screaming on his radio show, behind the scenes when he was probably drinking his scotches and <laughs> and doing his oxys or whatever the hell he did to lose his hearing. When he was fun. <laughs> when he was fun, right. Yeah. When he was Uncle Rush. <laughs> he was secretly hoping that Clinton was going to get another term because it was great for Rush Limbaugh business. Of course. And MSNBC and CNN, they want Trump to be reelected. That's There's any, no doubt in my mind. That's why any single person that truly invests in these people as if as like real moral, moral arbiters, like yeah. as if they have any clue or or like real stance and, and they, they fully believe in something, you're a fucking idiot. You're yeah. mentally ill. You're not paying attention yeah. to what like basically steam powers all of these networks. Yeah. It's crazy. It, it's so easy to to just call someone mentally ill these days. Oh, yeah. I mean, we all are. <laughs> I think we all are yeah. to, a, to a certain extent. But, I mean, uh, that, granted, the people, you know what? Maybe the people that aren't on social media have the have like a fighter's chance. <laughs> right. Like, like they're they're the most close to non-mentally ill, or at least they're unswayed by yeah. like, you know, the constant onslaught of information. Yeah. But every single person who posts more than once per week on social media yeah. has a full-blown mental illness. A hundred percent. 
Myself included. I'm, I'm not taking oh, myself 100%. out of that. Yeah, because yeah, these people will try to attack me and go, you're mentally ill. And I see the guy is just just uh, uh, coming up with troll accounts all day long. And oh, yeah. Trying to, trying to say that I'm mentally ill. I'm yeah. like, are you in, you're the one that's insane, my there, friend. There are people that like enjoy my lack of success so much <laughs> yeah. that they'll like be on YouTube, be like, 124 <laughs> views. Good for you, dickhead. And then like I'm like, all right, cool, man. Thanks for my 125th. Genuinely appreciate it. And then like... At 257, they'll be like, 257, really crawling up there. And it's like, if you want to continue to check back in, I guess you're just a devoted fan at this point. They uh, keep uh, close ties on you. I get, hey, Ope, remember when you were relevant? (laughs) I'm like, like, I've been to the mountaintop. Sure. And the view was not as good as I thought it would be. Not to mention, who the fuck wants to be relevant right now? (laughs) Exactly. Like, anybody who is relevant is having a true tough go of it. Yeah. I I enjoy podcasts, and I have a nice... Uh, smaller faithful audience and yeah. that's all I care about these days no actual social relevancy yeah is is maybe the worst position you could put yourself in right yeah, now yeah of course and I mean if the podcast gets uh, more popular and I make some money yeah of course I would love that sure but, it, but it's not my motivation anymore which yeah. is one of the things I wanted to talk to you about because you became a father I did having your motivations changed in terms I mean yeah now I just want to fund life <laughs> like like now like my my dream is to be is to make good shit. It's always been to make good shit. Yeah. I did have the delusion of 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 fame and stuff like that early on. Yeah. And even a taste of it here and there. Yeah. But it's not that is 1 million percent not even in the top 100 of my driving forces. Right. Like it's like again, would I like to have a devoted fan base that pays to come see me on the road 100%? Yeah. Do I want to be on the cover of us weekly? Yeah. You know, fucking feeling melons and saying stars are just <laughs> like us. No. <laughs> I have no interest in that being part of my life. And there were times where I was like, I can't fucking wait for that, dude. Right, right. <laughs> my new favorite thing is I follow Us Weekly. And I don't want to be... I. I don't want to be the asshole on Twitter because mm. I have plenty of assholes attacking me on a, uh, on a regular basis. Sure. And I used to be that guy, and I realized how easy it is. And that's kind of when I, I, I turned the corner on that whole yeah, thing. Yeah. But, but I am trying to at least get some humor out there on Twitter. So I follow Us Weekly, and it's funny you should say that because they listed all these stars that took a break from social media. Oh, heroes. And, and I retweeted <laughs> that, and I just said, wow, so brave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> these stars took a break from social media because let's face it. It, they could afford it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like Chris Pratt with his 120 cents. It doesn't matter. Like no. somebody could slap a fucking story up for him and he gets more engagement than I'll see in 10 years. Yeah, exactly. It, it, he's fine. It's funny. Um, when your priorities change, I think you become, in my case, a better broadcaster and in your case, a better comedian. Mm-hmm. Although yeah. I think you've always been really, really good. And I, I, I saw your special already, which comes out, I think, on the 24th, 24th of, January, yeah. yes, uh, of January. Excuse me. And it's called Life Begins and you, you put it out on YouTube. Yes, sir. But uh, it's really, really good. Oh, thanks, man. And I think when your priority priorities change in life, you become better at at at, at this, you know, like I said, in my case, broadcasting and, and in your case, stand-up. I, yeah. don't, I don't know what it is. Maybe because you're not taking it so seriously. Maybe it's because you don't, uh, you're not wanting it as much. You're, right. You're able to kind of settle in and, and relax and have other priorities or I think things I, to think about in life. I think it's both of those things. So, because my, my focus has hardened in the sense that I know what I want to do and it's to make things so I'm not wasting my time on some frivolous shit that I used to you know just to just to get maybe a notch up 
industry yeah. wise or yeah. you know to get some fi- you know level up in in this figment of my imagination like those things don't really exist anymore as it is yeah. so my focus now is on creating and really getting stuff out there as opposed to try to like oh I hope somebody will give me money for this someday sure. it's like why wait we yeah. have every ability to make it right now and it's funny because a lot of your fellow comedians they don't want to be parents yeah, yeah. Oh, we, yeah. We know all the same people, and most of them don't have kids. Most of them aren't married. Mm-hmm. And I look at those people like, you're so stupid. Having a kid <laughs> gives you so much uh, new material to work off. New material, and uh, it's. Uh, I think it's made me a little less selfish, but it has given me the thing where, where what you said, where it's like, it's not an I don't give a fuck, yeah. but it's that there's something more important than yeah. this out there so right. I don't have to feel like my life lives and dies on this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like sure. like the fact that I am still going out and trying to get the love and affection from strangers when I have <laughs> two people that give me unconditional love at home showcases exactly what's wrong with me as a human, yeah. but it has at least gone down in the, you know, level of importance to me as a person. I, I get it. For me it was everything. Like mm. my whole life revolved around putting a radio show together, being, you know, putting a, a good product out there, being famous making a shitload of money i thought that's the only thing that mattered in my life right and then uh to get a little mushy then i went down to philadelphia and my wife smiled at me for the first time Mm. and i went oh fuck (laughs) oh fuck yeah that's what it's all about. And then uh, I, you know, and then fast forward a whole bunch of years. I don't know. I think uh, because I'm more relaxed and stuff that, uh, you know, I enjoy it way more. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been with my my wife since uh, since I started comedy. Yeah. Like, I yeah. have not done comedy without being yeah. in a relationship. So I completely have taken her for granted. <laughs> <laughs> but the baby sure has changed things. <laughs> there you go. Very nice. Um, I was listening to your podcast, which is really, really good. The Irish Goodbye. Oh, thanks. I DM'd you on Twitter like, we got to talk about your dad <laughs> at Christmas. I know Christmas is a few weeks ago now. Right. But you told a story on your uh, on your podcast, and I wanted everybody in the room to go, holy shit, <laughs> yeah. and bathe in what you were saying. It's <laughs> that's, still why, got... that's why stupid Feeney just underreacts to everything yes! that I say, and it makes me livid. Yes. He's like, well, I've told that story to my friends, and they're like laughing and horrified and enjoying yeah. themselves, but like he was just like, okay. <laughs> uh, yes, because I'm sitting there like, holy shit, and then I'm like, if yeah. I was in the room... I would I would stop everybody and I would go, All right, Mike. The next hour is yours, my friend. You wanna tell the story? So I, I, I think these two stories go together. I'm pretty sure it was the same day. If not, they all you know, all nightmares of Christmas kinda of mold together at some point. But this was the year, like the first year I bought anybody presents. I was like fourteen or fifteen. I had a job, I was bussing tables. Yeah. So it was like, you know, oh I had a few bucks to spend on my family as opposed to my mom buying things for my sisters or for my father from me. Yeah. So I, I bought my dad uh, all this like golf stuff, right? He was super into golf because any free time he had, he wanted to be away from the family. <laughs> so he, he was super into golf, and I bought him like you know a scope to find out how far the the fucking flag was away, and you know, an inside putter, nice. you know, and, and putting hole, and like you know all this kind of like goofy, almost you know tinker toy golf shit that like is barely useful but a fun gift for a golf enthusiast right Right. so i give it to him that morning i'm all excited for him to open it he immediately is like 
ah, can't use this, like throw it over his shoulder, can't use this, throw it over his shoulder. He's like, yeah, gas, and like puts it in his pocket, throws four other things, and is like, all right, whatever, what's next? And I'm like heartbroken sitting there. And then, of course, my dad in classic fashion like knew what my mom wanted. She like put it out there for him on a platter, and he bought like the fucking B-minus version of that, which yeah. was, you know, that like classic Zach Morris gold jewelry that leaves a fucking green ring around your neck. <laughs> right. So he like got that for her, and of course she was like, what the fuck, like, what's your problem? Like, they got into a big fight, which was completely, you know, par for the course, pun intended, uh, yeah. <laughs> for my family on holidays. And I forget, I think it was on the 26th. It may have actually been Christmas Day, but I'm pretty sure it was on the 26th. They were having it out, big fight in the middle of things. And my dad, in the most graceful move I've ever seen, because he's a big guy, 6'2", like 280 my entire life. Big Irish fucking meat paws, you know, all that stuff. He, like, almost (laughs) ballet parried, grabbed the tree from both the, like, three quarters up top and then right in the middle. Like, he was tossing a man out of a bar. And in one fell move, like, like, literally, like, swept up, grabbed it twirled and oh like he had opened the the screen door and fucking hurled it like dj jazzy jeff out of the fresh prince house <laughs> just fully dressed every single ornament on it every fucking la- light light everything like still plugged in i'm pretty sure <laughs> oh so God. it probably like was hurled out and then yanked back <laughs> just yeah. to make sure everything shattered yeah yeah just directly on my driveway he threw the family christmas tree out the front door <laughs> yep, and i got it so excited i'm like mike I'm dying because oh, I can relate to all this stuff because I, I have a fucked up parent too and yeah, we've yeah. talked about that over the years. Now, who had a like? Who had to awkwardly go outside? This, me. This is the it qu- was me. This is the question that Feeney <laughs> should have asked you. Now, after that happens and he gets his big reaction, then it's awkward for him because he looks like an idiot no yeah, matter what. He could. I, I almost like I aspire to have his level of I don't give a fuck. Because yeah. I'm almost certain he's never felt a moment of shame. Jesus. After something like that, he just like went into the living room right. and watched and, TV. And put on a, a Bing Crosby record. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he probably watched <laughs> It's a Wonderful kids. Life and just missed every lesson it had to teach. <laughs> that fucking Bing Crosby. Oh, isn't he the greatest? Oh, my. And then it comes out, he beat the shit out of his kids while he was uh, <laughs> recording all those lovely Christmas songs. Oh, what a classic guy. But so who went outside and like had to, had to get the tree back in and hope the neighbors didn't notice and and then how many of the decorations were broken it was me it was for sure me Why I had you? To like du- because i don't know i had to dustpan all of the broken ornaments we could save i think the only ones saved were like the ones that i made as a kid and they yeah. all looked like a retarded kid slapped <laughs> yeah, yeah. play-doh together like, like macaroni yeah, ornaments just, yeah so i'm sure my parents were thrilled that those were the <laughs> ones that made it but like every like first christmas like baby's oh first everything oh just God. like in a huge metaphor on the, on the your blacktop. Foot, your baby footprint. Yeah, broken. <laughs> broken in half. <laughs> it's like in the shape of a heart. Couldn't be more right. perfect. But yeah, I, I was out there with like a dustpan and we ended up, I'm, I'm almost, we went that day, I remember, with my mother and we went to the mall and bought Christmas ornaments because right. they were the most on sale they could possibly oh be all year. So God. in the, in like a kind of Put our family back together moment. My mom and my two sisters and me went with my dad somewhere, yeah. uh, went and shopped for more ornaments. Oh, my God. That is such a great story. <laughs> Why was he pissed again? 
I don't know. He had borderline personality disorder completely. Right. Didn't, because you know, your gifts were very thoughtful. Yeah. He just, he was like. And it's not about him. Oh, it wasn't my gifts. He got into a fight with my mother about like the gift he got her because this was like. Because she long, didn't appreciate it enough it or something. Long, no, it was a long standing tradition that like he would just get her the worst. Right. Like, like, and every year she tried to make it a little bit easier for her by saying like. Just get me this. Here's yeah. the item number. Like, just get me this, dude. And, you know, he just wouldn't do it and instead think he was being creative and putting thought into it. But in actuality, <laughs> he was, like, knocking into a jewelry stand in the middle of the mall <laughs> yeah. and was like, oh. <laughs> you know, no thought went into it whatsoever. Uh, do you get along with your dad these days? No, I haven't talked to him. I, I haven't talked to him since uh, my baby shower. Really? Mm. That was the last time I talked to you on the podcast. That was uh, August, I think? Uh, July? Yeah, so it was like it was like right after my kid was born, probably like two weeks, maybe. So we still hadn't we still hadn't spoken, and uh, yeah, we haven't. Have, he came to my special though, which is oh, that's like this awkward. is this is what extended the whole thing. Is like yeah, I knew. So I knew I was getting into self uh, sabotage mode. Yeah, because like right around when my special was coming up, I I mean to put together what not to wait. You really do self sabotage too constantly. Yeah. I, on the way to get parts, I told my wife, I go, Mike Cannon. I, I've known you for years, but I'm mm. like. God, the more I learn about Mike Cannon, we have a lot in common. We went to the same college. We played basketball. That was yeah, our yeah. big sport that we were mm-hmm. really into. You even mentioned five-star uh, basketball camp yeah, on yeah. your podcast. I'm like, I went there. Right. And then we have a, a, a fucked up parent. Uh-huh. One fucked up. Do you have two fucked up? or one I mean, my mom up? had her issues, but she's since completely made amends and gone yeah. above and beyond to like... Yeah make up for it and she's a fantastic grandmother so it's oh, it's awesome. been awesome my yeah. dad was more than cool and then my mom was mm-hmm. uh, you know fucked up uh, going back to Christmas I, I I didn't forget we'll go back to what you were saying there and I mm-hmm. apologize no, no. Uh, but I wanted to finish up the Christmas thing in my house we had amazing Christmases I was one of uh, six seven eight sometimes nine kids depending Holy on shit. Who was uh, you know living with us at the yeah. time? I had a fake sister that my my older sister brought in one day. Oh my god! But, and 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 was introduced to us as your new sister. <laughs> it was my, I'm like that's my that's Karen. That's that's Terry's best friend. What do you, right. what do you mean she's our sister now? <laughs> that's now I'm explaining. Decide. But I guess Ka- uh, Karen's father was getting remarried, mm-hmm. and the new uh, wife said it's either her or me and the father says it's you holy shit and then tells karen to beat it at 15 or 16 so we wow. brought her in and then my parents introduced us to her as our new sister but anyway Oof. uh we had amazing christmases even though there was so much turmoil and trauma and stress in our house growing mm. up great christmases but the one thing that sucked was my mom would go off and just like go in a corner and cry every christmas oh. <laughs> Because she had shitty Christmases. Yeah. And even as a kid, I'm like, yo, dad has given you, a, uh, at this point, probably 10, 12, 15 really good Christmases. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, why with this mental illness can't you figure out that, yeah, you had a bad childhood and bad Christmases, mm-hmm. but guess what? You've had a, a, enough good Christmases in a row that maybe <laughs> right. maybe that should sink into your stupid head. Uh-huh. But it's even weird that, like, for me personally, this year was such a great Christmas, right? First Christmas with my kid. Yeah, yeah. It, it, Transcended every bad Christmas that I've ever had. I have a, I have my family now that I can start the tradition exactly. with, right? And I can get it right. However, through the great times, a weird like, I don't know if it was 
guilt or like PTSD or something. You Everyone's, got PTSD too? Maybe. Up top. I, <laughs> you do. You I think do. So. You yeah. have trauma. I mean, yeah, I've gone to years of therapy and like have have completely, you know, I've acknowledged all of this stuff and yeah. like continue to work through it. Yeah. But like a weird, you know, a flash, a flash of something from my youth will come up where it's like, ugh, it just like it's like a cold washover <laughs> where you just feel terrible for a brief minute and you could sit in it or you could like, you know, or it could last a half a second. Yeah. But it still exists. It's still out there. Right. Which is crazy. Yeah. You know? I get that too. Because yeah. my life is really good. I got a great family, great wife. But every once in a while I get hit with, like you just said, and all of a sudden you get a, a bit wobbly. Like, yeah. oh, oh, And then you realize, <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't live in that world anymore. Thank yeah. God. Yeah, no, but you can carry it with you. Uh, support for Opie Radio comes from Manscaped. You got Manscaped on your podcast? I do, actually. Oh, you do? Or no, we didn't have it on our podcast. My wife actually bought me one for Christmas. For real? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Isn't it the most amazing thing? I, I mean, it's protected my balls at this point. It's fantastic. Oh, my God. This is yeah. perfect. I, I, it says uh, it's the best in men's below the belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineer tools for the, your uh, family jewels. I like this line. It's 2020, and you know what that means. New year, new me, and new balls. <laughs> God damn right. Hairy balls and bushes are so 2019. That's an old Portland thing. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. If you're going to pick a, a New Year's resolution this year, let it be to take care of your junk. Manscaped making it easy with their grooming products. But she got you one. Yeah, 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 and it's great. I mean, I'm, I'm Do assuming- you shave everything? I, uh, I I tape up. I fade. No, I mean everything. See, oh, yeah. this is where they get mad at me. They they love uh, they they love being on my podcast, mm-hmm. but they try to say don't use the same razor for your balls as your face. Oh yeah, yeah. I shave everything with Manscaped. <laughs> everything. Oh, see, that's what I was doing, and my wife was like, "You're gonna give your face HPV. <laughs> right, You're gonna no. be like White Morgan Freeman." <laughs> Because when I first started shaving my balls, uh, I was I was working in Boston at WAF, mm-hmm. the only station that really rocks, and we had a really weird sales guy. Okay. Uh, we called him Crazy Jim, and he liked showing his dick and balls. Uh, <laughs> I told the story, but fuck it, I'll tell it to, to you. Uh, in the studio, there was a giant cutout of a wrestler who was huge at the time. I'm trying to remember which one, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden he comes into the, into the studio. And he's like, hey, guys, hey, I'm over here, guys. And he's behind the, the cutout. And we're like, all right, Jim, what are you doing? We're, we're trying to do a fucking show, you know? <laughs> and then he, he didn't give it away. And we're like, no, guys, I'm over here. I'm like, oh, Jesus, Jim, you know? Me and Anthony turn our heads to see his dick and balls. He cut out where the crotch is in the, in the, in the, in the, in the cutout of this wrestler, who I can't remember at this time. And it's just his dick and balls. But he was the one, and I, this is going to sound weird, I know, but turned me on to shaving your balls. Oh, yeah. Back in the day. He's mm-hmm. like, have you ever done this? I'm like, no, man. And mine at the time, even though I was still a, a, a young lad, it looked like a hairy fucking coconut. Oh, yeah. And he's like, you don't understand how great this is. And this was before anyone was even thinking uh-huh. of doing that. But long story short, which helps uh, the Manscaped live read here, I, I took razors to my balls and oh, my God, oh, what yeah. a bloody mess. It could get wild, mess. especially if you're using like your mom's, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> which I was. Yeah, the little pink daisy ones yeah, just exactly. carving my nuts off. <laughs> and you lift it up, <laughs> trying to get a flat surface. <laughs> my balls look like that spinning meat that they carve gyros. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> if I lift it up and stretch it, I think it's flat enough where I won't get nicked. Not with Manscaped, people. 
They've redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0. Do you use the lawnmower 2.0? Of course. That's the main one, right? Has skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. It's the truth. Hell yeah. And then I take it on my face. (laughs) And then I got chest hair that just doesn't stop growing for some reason. It's the weirdest thing. I got to shave down my whole body. No kidding. Uh, look at my arms right now. Oh, wow. And yeah. If, if I didn't shave them, that lucky would... lucky it's light. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm lucky it's all light. Uh-huh. But my chest hair, no joke, if I let it go, will be three to four inches. Wow. Who has that? It just continues to grow. <laughs> so, you know, even though Manscaped is encouraging not using the, the razor on your face that you sure. use on your balls, I'm here to say it works no matter what you want to shave. <laughs> Eventually. Just take an antiseptic wipe through it. <laughs> right. If enough of my listeners get the manscaped then they'll probably send me a second one and then I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll designate one for my face yeah. and my back and everything <laughs> the and old one back. for your face the new I, one. <laughs> I put on shirts and i'm like ow i get snagged with back oh, hair because it's so long and then every once in a while my wife has to like uh it's so embarrassing mike yeah once a year i'm like this is your once a year because I finally can't take it anymore. And then I have to stand awkwardly in the shower. Uh-huh. And then she has to take a razor to my back. And I could, I could tell. I could feel her energy. Oh, She's yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> I want to get my wife to do my asshole. Really? Like, that, I feel like, is when our marriage will take the next step. Well, because it's a, like, Manscaped, I assume, yeah. can uh, can go under there and, like, and, and really. I haven't gone that far. I know. And I think that's where I'm most That might needed. be the next step with Manscaped. Uh-huh. You know they have deodorant for your balls, too, right? Right? No, I did not know that. <laughs> oh, no, she didn't get you the, the she didn't get you the complete package for I have Christmas. Buried through the whole bag. <laughs> <laughs> it's in there. All right, they have the order it for your balls, Manscaped.com. Oh. Well, now yeah, yeah, I, I got something to use. Yeah, get twenty percent off and free shipping with the code OPOPIE at Manscaped.com. Start the new year off the right way by using the best tools for the job. Your balls will thank you once again. It's 20% off and free shipping with the code OPIE, O-P-I-E at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Use promo code OP. Thank you, Manscaped. Back to your special, which comes out January 24th on your YouTube channel. Yeah, Mike Cannon Comedy on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, uh, it's called Life Begins. So your dad was at the taping. Oh, right. So, yeah, so I hadn't spoken to it. So I, the self-sabotage thing, right? Uh, sorry. So yeah, I, that's knew, I knew I was kind of getting there because right before my – this is – my kid is three months old. So through the process of him being almost born into him being born into the early days, I'm setting up camera crew. I'm filming because you saw there's like interstitials and there's, you know, an opening scene and stuff like that. It's kind of a different type of yeah. special where it's not – it's not 100% stand up. There's a little bit extra, right? Right. So I'm I'm putting all that shit together while being the father of a newborn, while being fully present, and I'm like I'm running on fumes, like nothing. Haven't spoken to my dad because I can't I can't possibly allow myself to inject that negativity sure. into my life while sure. going through all this craziness. But then I knew that I was getting self-sabotaging because as the special was nearing, I wanted to call him. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I'm like, why do I feel this urge to call him? And then I'm like, oh, that's right. You want to ruin everything. I get this. <laughs> Sorry, but I'm going to tag your story after no, you're please. done. No, please. Yeah. Okay. But we're it's gonna, interesting we're play, to finally acknowledge we're that, We're just right? going to tag each other left and right today. Yeah. This is, that, this is going to be the theme of the podcast. <laughs> so, but he shows up. and So, then- so I, I don't. I don't call him, but I say if I still have the urge i'm gonna call him after the special i was like you know what like it's time we haven't spoken in like four months you know we've given each other space let me see what's what see if he could be an actual grandfather yeah so i get to my special 
and my and Feeney from my podcast, you know, comes up to me and he's like, "Hey, man, like, I I don't know if I should tell you what I'm about to tell you," and I'm like fucking tell me now like you can't just start that and then me be like forget it talk to you later no tell me what you're gonna say he's like your dad's here and i turn and of course his fucking (laughs) giant saint bernard head is like lowering itself into a fucking seat and i'm just like my heart sinks i'm like i'm like what the fuck man like i immediately got pissed every every feeling that i've had over the past few months that i thought i was kind of working through flooded back and i'm like i'm like this is my like you're showing up on the one yard line to watch me punch it through for a touchdown. Like, <laughs> fuck you, dude. We haven't co- had a conversation. You haven't emailed me. Like, you haven't even tried to reach out to me through my sisters. There's like, you're just doing this because you want to share in the celebration. I know what this is. You're going to take a picture and you're going to post it to Facebook and you're going to be like, so proud of my son mm-hmm. for filming his first special at the world famous Comedy Cellar. Then you're going to watch all your fucking piece of shit friends who, whose kids also hate them comment like, unbelievable wonder where he gets the genetics you're a great father kev like all this shit so it's all self-serving horse shit and you and knew that yeah and of course you know that yeah. but i like i gotta give myself credit where credit is due i've never showed up for myself more yeah like i've never been like okay that pisses me off there's nothing i can do now show this motherfucker what you've been doing and what you do for a living well i'm glad i watched the special before this podcast because you can't tell that that right. all that happened. <laughs> and I, I was going to mention, because you mentioned in there, you you, you uh, filmed your special at the Comedy uh, Cellar. Yeah. That's a small space. So when your dad mm-hmm. is marching in and putting his giant body in a seat, yeah. it he is sat with very noticeable. <laughs> yeah. It's very um, noticeable. I mean, even so, so this, the special itself, it, uh, like I said, it has interstitials. I have guests from from Colin Quinn, Norton, Bobby Kelly, Keith Robinson, and Voss. Yeah. They're all trashing me directly to camera, doing exactly what I've watched them do my entire life, what I've been a fan of from you guys. Like yeah. that whole thing. It kind of like I, I just got them to be in my special, so it's great. So the special itself has like thirty minutes of my stand up, whereas now that'll act as hopefully an advertisement for the full hour audio, which the audio has fifty five minutes, so you're getting twenty five right. to thirty new minutes right. that you haven't heard on the special. And once the, the album comes out, I roll out the other clips on YouTube oh, and Instagram. Smart. So it's a constant onslaught of fucking content. And it's like, if you miss one, you're going to get the other right. or whatever. And hopefully they all like kind of lead you to the same place. Really smart. Yeah. Now that you mentioned the special and you said like Colin Quinn and, and all those guys are in it. Uh, is it true that you got your break at the comedy cell because Colin Quinn had a heart attack? Yeah. That's why I wanted to do this because one, the cellar means everything to me. I've grown up listening to you yeah. and everybody is surra- in your universe, yeah. right? So O and A, tough crowd, the cellar. That's been my my basically three pillars of stand up. Yeah. And of course, Howard, I listened to as well. But that, for whatever reason, was my focus and what I thought real stand up. Well, we were better was. than Howard. That's why. I, I, I also I, agree. I mean, I, I listen to you guys over. I can answer that question for you. <laughs> I, I totally agree. I'm just fucking around. But uh, you Any know, in my personal taste. <laughs> to this day he's listening now with his fist to the sky oh, whatever. <laughs> but so you uh you were at the comedy cellar just hanging out and they didn't uh-huh. see if you're a comic you got to be passed at the comedy cellar you can't just go down there and they go all right yeah yeah yeah. yeah. you know it's a whole process and then you were just hanging out there i was having a dinner with DeStefano because he was going to open for colin right at the fat black while colin was working out red state blue state and i used to love watching because it was early and then i could go off to my other spots you know liz gets the text from colin that he had heart uh, had a heart attack i think he may have just come out of surgery at that point but we didn't know we thought it like just happened at that moment so liz 
it, it completely just turned to me and was like, I, I might need you to do 30 minutes. Can you do 30 minutes? Wow. And what I hadn't, what I couldn't tell for the story on the special because it was almost irrelevant, but I was just coming off of a panic attack. <laughs> so I had a full panic attack on Friday at Governor's and I was doing, I was doing an hour. And as I was walking on stage, I was having a full blown pressure of my chest, tunnel vision, panic attack, and I just Irished my way through it. What caused the panic attack at Governor's? I think uh, I was drinking a lot at the time, and I was all, and I was drinking to mask anxiety. So anytime you do that, it just like it's one of those things where it's just a suppressant, right? And it immediate, it'll just kind of burst out at you know at any point and in the most inopportune of times. And that's what happened. I was stressed out about God knows what, life, finances, wife, whatever. Yeah. And uh, I just like I'll never forget the feeling because it I, I felt like I was going to pass out as I grabbed the microphone. Wow. And I just kind of like pushed and pushed through. And thank God it was a green light audience because yeah. if it was a fight, it might have been a fucking problem. H- have you had uh, panic attacks? Your whole life uh not my whole life they probably started when i was like 24 23 something like that like right when right when life got kind of weird and heavy uh and and probably my drinking when you realized you had to finally grow up yeah yeah you know (laughs) i mean i pushed it a long time myself but i didn't even realize i needed to grow up until i was like 30 last year yeah yeah you know yeah yeah i get it I honestly think the moment that my wife told me she was pregnant, I grew up. Right. That, that minute. Because up until that point, it was all freewheeling and I could pretend to be mature. And I've always been a nice guy that treated people well. Yeah. But I'm not like, I, I, you wouldn't look at me and be like, Mike has his shit together. He's organized. Right, like right. He, he, knows, he knows what he's doing. But my wife told me she was pregnant. And I was like, all right, I have to... I have to do something different. Now I, I have to have some responsibilities yeah, in my life. I can't be a dad at my at my current level of consciousness. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't get the the anxiety attacks. Thank God. Luck, is, yeah. is it, do you really feel like you're going to die? Like they say. Yeah, I mean, I've had I've had ones like that where it feels like you know you're not sure like what's happening, but I'm also like. This is this is fucking weird to say, but I'm not. Uh, I'm one of those people that doesn't like to be a bother. So if I'm having a panic attack and it feels like I'm actually having a heart attack, I've said at least I'm around people. If I pass out, they'll call the ambulance. Yeah. So I've never spoken up. I've never been like I'm in rough shape. Somebody needs to call something, or I, uh, you know, I need help. Talk me through this. I've just suffered in silence, wow. knowing that if I fucking went out and hit somebody, my head, will somebody be there would for call, you. Yeah, somebody would, you know, wow. surrounded by people. So you had the panic attack at Governor's. So I had the pa- and then got Colin Quinn and the heart attack. So that was Friday, right? And I yeah. intentionally took Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and that was Tuesday. The Colin Quinn thing was Tuesday. I took. I was going to take a fucking week off because I was like, something's happening. I don't know what it is, and that was a really scary moment. So I need to maybe push off and like be at rest. Yeah. But I can't. I'm addicted, so I can't not be around comedy. So I was at the cellar, and then Liz asked me to do 30 minutes. I hadn't done stand up in four days, which for a comedian feels. Like it's a long you time. forgot how to do what you do. <laughs> yeah. And I, of course, agreed. I almost said no. Like, I was on that level where I was going to be like, ah, forget it. But I agreed. It eventually turned to 20 minutes because Chris and Voss went up uh, first. And both of them, I don't know if intentionally to help me. I don't think so. But they were both doing, like, new, new, new. Like, they didn't give a fuck. Yeah. They, they're both in at the cellar permanently and forever. Yeah. And so they both were whatever, lobbing ones down the middle. And I went up at the end and closed and threw every haymaker yeah. that I have. Uh, no, Voss wasn't helping you. <laughs> Thank you for the slow pitch uh, right down the middle. 
bus doesn't help people. <laughs> he did mention my weekend at Uncle Vinny's right before oh, he, <laughs> he brought like, me up. Oh, what a great guy. Boss does not help people. It's fun to be around, but. So, and that was how you got your start. So then, Because yeah. that opened the doors for the seller and everything else, uh-huh. more or less. And I had then a, you I had were, great you were made. That's amazing. And all because Colin Quinn has a weak heart. <laughs> yeah, all, yeah, his stupid failing artery helped Because he can't say no to chicken wings. <laughs> uh, so the self-sabotaging story, I got I, I, I to do this. So yeah. when I uh, was let go at SiriusXM, mm-hmm. at first they were trying to say I was fired, and then you get some uh, high-powered lawyers together, and sure. then you come to an understanding, <laughs> Mike Cannon. So uh, officially I was just let go, and they paid every penny, and I'm mm-hmm. not supposed to talk about this, so I'll shut my fucking mouth. But anyway, <laughs> the day I got fired at first, and now you know officially let go, the phone rings. Mm. Now, uh, I don't really talk to my mom. Okay. And she's called many times. She's in a home. And I just blow off the phone call. Right. That day, uh, I'm sitting around with my family, pretty depressed because, you know, I had a long run at Sirius sure, XM yeah. and it came to an end. And I'm just like, just wallowing in sadness and depression and like, what the fuck just happened mm-hmm. and all that. You get it. And the phone rings and I see it's my mom. And I said to myself, Fuck it. Uh, I don't want this to hurt. Let's invite more. <laughs> I want this to hurt more because I need a feel because of trauma and PTSD. <laughs> if you know anything about PTSD, oh, yeah. our pain level's a bit higher than most. <laughs> and I picked it up and she's like, So, I got your Mother's Day flowers. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm thinking because we were we were making an effort at this point because I'll, I'll go a year where I don't even talk to her at all. And then sure. I'm like, ah, fuck it. My dad would be pissed because he's no longer with us. Right. So maybe for him, I should try a little harder. All that cr- you get all of this, course. yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So I'm like, fuck it. So me and my wife, you know, we sent flowers from a sponsor, <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, I got your Mother's Day flowers, and it's never good, you right? Know? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm waiting for the, we're beautiful, oh, my God, right. maybe we can finally figure out our shit and have a relationship. Why don't you come visit me? Haven't seen your kids in a while. She goes, I got a kick out of the fact that they were late. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that's fun. And then then listed all the cards I didn't give her in the oh past my God. bunch of years. <laughs> you never sent me a Mother's Day card, a Valentine's oh Day card, God. a Christmas card, a St. Patty's Day card, <laughs> even though we're barely Irish, yeah. a Groundhog's Day card. Oh, shit. Just listing all the cards. <laughs> and... This is where you can relate. She's the grandma. Yeah. She's never sent my kids a fucking card. Yeah, of course. Right? Yeah. But in my uh, in my upbringing, cards were very important. Same. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, I wonder what that is. It might be a Long Island thing, or I don't know. Very important for which parent? It, my dad's side especially. His father would always say, not even a 10-cent card. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, when it, when it was so his birthday So your mom and whatever. my dad would really get... I mean, your your dad and my mom would really yeah. get along. Oh, man, if they made it, the portal to hell would open up underneath them. Yeah. <laughs> right. Here's a new story for the people. So uh, speaking of cards, so we would... We're just kids. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I don't remember which card. I don't think it was a biggie, like a birthday card, but maybe it was a Valentine's Day card. Let's say that, okay? Yeah. And we don't get my mom a Valentine's Day card. All hell breaks loose in the house that we didn't get a fucking Valentine's Day car. She's throwing shit and screaming and turning over our rooms and throwing it on the driveway over a car, right? 
And then, because, uh, you know, it was a healthy upbringing, my dad's like, oh, you guys better go to the stationery store and get a card. <laughs> so then we're kids. We're kids. Yeah. You know, with all these, like, emotions, and, you know, we're now uptight and stuff, and we walk to the stationery car, uh, card store pretty much in tears because uh-huh. of what just happened at our house. And now we're begrudgingly trying to pick out a nice Valentine's Day card that says, oh, you're the greatest mom ever and all the, you know, <laughs> you know all the horse shit. And we're like, oh, I guess this one will work. And then we would uh, go home and present the Valentine's Day card. And then it was like none of that other shit uh-huh. happened. Yeah. And I'm like, this is, I was the kid. And I'm like, this is insane, right? And I'm like, this is insane, right? That's wild. Yeah. My dad, I mean, similar shit to where, you know, I mean, I had a fist fight with my dad. And then when I got back, uh, it, it, we never spoke about it ever. We've, really? We've still never spoken about it ever. And, I, and it was when I was 20. Really? Yeah. How did it feel? It was great because I was on steroids and I like <laughs> yeah, I remember those uh, yeah, days. and I just fucking uh, I mean he threw the first punch yeah so which is you know crazy in and of itself but it was all over college the fact that like I I went to junior college based on my parents like they I had an okay average I had like an eighty five GPA yeah. with an eleven fifty yeah mediocre could have gone to whatever school you know yeah. that and and became the comedian I am anyway right uh, instead they were like can you go to junior college because we lost all this money in the stock market. That's around that time, and uh, and you know whatever. So I said yes, and I did it obviously, and uh, got great grades. And they were like, "If you do this, you can go. We'll pay for any school, any school that you get into." Wow. So I went and visited my uh, girlfriend at the time uh, at Syracuse, which is weird because my wife now also went to Syracuse. <laughs> so they were both at Syracuse, and I visited them each separately uh, at the time. But I went to visit this other one, and then I checked out Ithaca, and I was going to go to Ithaca. I was like, oh, that's the place I want to be. It's close to my girlfriend. I can play basketball there. They have my major, blah, blah, blah. Came home excited, very you know pumped to tell my family that I had some bit of direction. I had like a 393 in school, so I was Damn. crushing it. They, had, like, they were happy with my academic performance for the first time ever. Yeah. And uh, I came back, and I was like, I know where I want to school- go to school, Ithaca. And my dad was like, absolutely not, SUNY. And I'm like, I'm like, what? Like, he's like, you can't go anywhere but SUNY. And I'm like, that's not the deal, though. The deal was that you guys would pay for anything. He's like, fuck you. So, and he's immediately like frothing from the mouth in my face, like doing a, you know, a big co- confrontation about it. Yeah. Which like <coughs> looking back now, it's clearly a money issue. Right. Yeah. So if he was just like, hey, man, like we're still fucked up. Yeah. I would have been like. Okay, say no more. Yeah. Like, say no more. We'll figure this out. I'll, yeah. I'll, maybe I'll get money to go to Ithaca, or I will go to SUNY, and I'll do it way less begrudgingly than you attacking me right. for wanting to fulfill an agreement that we had. Yeah. So he's, like, in my face, and I'm a juice monkey at this point in my life, so I'm, of course, nose-to-nose with this fucking animal, and I'm like, yeah, let's fucking go. If you want to do this, let's fucking go. And he, thinking this would, I guess, intimidate me away, threw, like, a half-ass uppercut towards my midsection, and I guess I was T-1000 locked in, because I chopped down (laughs) on his forearm at the exact time where I know I gave him a dead forearm. Like, the dead forearm might actually hurt more than the punch, because I fucking slugged my fist, hammer-fisted right down on his forearm, and then, like, an outfielder throwing to third from right, just crow-hopped and punched him right in the fucking face. He stumbled backwards and then I ran out of the house didn't come back for three days ended up getting arrested for dr- for underage drinking 
like so I'm at Villanova visiting my friends, yeah. one of which who's now dead, uh, visiting my friends. Wait, um, how is that connected? I guess you can explain. I li- yeah, so I, yeah. I literally, I just left because I was scared. Yeah. I, I punched my dad in the face, so I fucking left, and I just drove to Villanova. So I was like, I, all right, I don't know where to go. I'm just going to visit my friend in Philadelphia. Right. <laughs> so I just visited my friends, had a week, like had the Thursday night where I, I never drank at this point, and I drank as if I had been training for this moment. Yeah. So I had like unlimited amounts of drinks. I was smoking weed as if I had been at, away at college this entire time, had crazy spins. Somebody put me to bed in some girl's like room upstairs. I woke up to four of them poking me like I was the dead body Jesus. and stand by me. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, what are you doing? They're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know, man. They're like, get out. And I'm like, okay. So I walk downstairs and it's still the full party out and I'm like fucking hitting into everything. I walk through the kitchen into the backyard and I know I have to puke and pee. So I pull my pants down like a four-year-old pissing, like underwear, pants down to my ankles and I start throwing up. So I'm pissing and throwing up at the same time. Hadn't seen my buddies who I was with this whole time. Some guy at the like side of the house, it's dark out. He just goes, hey, man. And I look, and it's a big silhouette, and I'm like, Tim, is that you? And he's like, yeah, man, come out front. So I pulled up my underwear, left my pants down, and I, like, penguin waddled over to this guy. By the time I was 18 inches away, I saw the badge, and I was like, motherfucker. He yoked me up, grabbed me out front, stuck a breathalyzer in my face. And again, like, I I get spots of this stuff where I uh, remember it, but for the majority, this is all retold to me from people in the house and then out front. The cop said to everybody that I blew a point four. Wow. And the only reason I know that, which I don't believe because I think I'd be dead, but yeah. he told people that I was legally blind. He, the cop <laughs> kept saying, he's legally blind. He's legally blind. And I'm like, I don't, you know, whatever. They put me in cuffs because I didn't have anybody over 20. All my buddies were also underage. I didn't have anybody over 21 that like could relieve them of me. So they're like, we're going to take you to the drunk tank unless you can get somebody. Yeah. So I called my buddy Tim and I was like, hey, man, I got to show you something. Didn't even tell him like what was happening. Just said, I have to show you something in front of the house. He was getting pizza. He walks, sees the cops, and like a full sociopath, hands them his dead brother's ID. For, and he's like 23. And the cop goes, all right, yeah, sure. Gives him the, you know, gives him me yeah. as, as, as collateral. Says it's totally fine. Slaps me with a ticket that was $678. Ouch. And at the t- in college, I didn't have a job. Yeah, I was yeah. playing basketball, so I didn't even have time to work. But so I'll get to that. The next day, Friday, I was having like the worst anxiety post drinking, like, you know, wanting to kill myself level. Like, I can't believe what happened last night. So I'm struggling through the day. I call the number on the back of the ticket because I said we're going to mail a second copy home. And I just I, I was like, hey, you don't have to do that. Like, I got, <laughs> yeah. I got, I got the copy. It's totally fine. Like, don't, don't mail it home. And they're like, okay. And then Saturday, I had double the anxiety. Like, I, I just felt even worse that I drove home. And as I was driving home, or no, when I got home, my mom was mi- waiting with the ticket that they FedEx overnighted. Jesus. So when I called them to tell them not to send it, they were yeah. like, well, fuck this kid. Yeah, yeah. They put it in FedEx and overnighted they it. They sure my got house. there. My mom's sitting there like tapping her foot <laughs> like fucking Sonic if you took too long. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, wait for me. And, uh, and I'm like, oh my God, like what the fuck? And she's like, $678? You don't even have a job? What the fuck? You're an alcoholic now? You're drinking, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I, I do have a job. I ran upstairs. I was playing poker at the time yeah. in, in all these underground clubs. I grabbed 10,000 cash. 
that I had up in my room, right? And I fanned out 700 and I go, Bam. Keep the change, you fucking bitch. You said that to your <laughs> to mom. my mom, because her and my dad are getting a divorce at the time. We all, like, the house is just a fucking mess. Everybody hates everybody. Right. And she's like, what the fuck? Are you a drug dealer? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like all proud and noble. I'm like, no, I'm a poker player. She's right. like, that's worse. Like, you're performing in all the, what the fuck? Or performing. You're, you know, whatever, like. It's it, not it, worse. It's a skill. It's you a obvi- skill. You obviously was, were pretty good at it. I was definitely it. putting myself in danger because some of the shady places. Oh, Oh, was, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was not. It was not great. So you know, I were you addicted to playing cards for a while? No, it never got to that where I lost so much money that it became a problem. It yeah. just became. It ended up. I money meant something to me eventually, and I kind of tapered off. Gotcha. Like that, that's kind of how it ended. So how did it end with your dad, though? So my dad, she okay. goes, Kevin. But what the fuck? Michael's playing. Blah, 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 blah. He comes over, sees the ten grand, and goes, "You can pay for school yourself." And then walked back in the living room oh, and watched TV. My, and that's why you and went was, to Geneseo. And that was the last Sony. time we ever spoke about our fist fight. Ever. That was it. That was it. That, did it feel weird punching your own dad though? It's the best feeling I've ever it had. Was. In my life. It was second, second to welcoming my son into this. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the other thing we have in common. We both went to Geneseo, but. Yep. Um, uh, and the school thing. Now, I mean, we're, we're kind of like uh, tagging each other today. But yeah, yeah. in my family, so my parents, especially my mom, was really strict about school and homework. Mm-hmm. You know, did you do your homework? And, you know, she would rip a door off the wall if we <laughs> did and just crazy ass shit. Yeah. It, it was never like... Uh, I don't know. It, did, it never matched what we were doing, her reaction, <laughs> ever. I, I, she I would that. hit us with the wooden spoon every once in a while. I mean, we, she wasn't a hitter for the most part. It was more emotional and yelling and screaming. Mm. But I remember the day, because I was in the kitchen, where she raised that wooden spoon, the famous moment. It wasn't me. It, uh, it was my brother just grabbed her arm, and yep. then she had to, like, she had to realize... Uh, Defeat, which yeah, she yeah. hated. Yeah. She hated to have to admit defeat. And then she dropped the spoon and just dramatically walked out of the yeah. room. Like, the and, but that was it. Do? Yeah, that was yeah, it. Yeah. It was never going to happen again. I have a whole bit on my first album about that. Really? It's my like that's the bit I'm most proud of from that hour because yeah. it's really fucked up and vulnerable. But I was 15 and my mom tried to hit me while running up the stairs and I turned and she went to swing and I caught her arm yeah. and she swung again and I caught her other arm and I said again I was like I was like what now. Kate. Like, <laughs> Kate, yeah, Kate, and she screamed for my dad, and then I like she's like Kevin, Michael just tried to throw me down the stairs, oh, so she yeah. lied to him, said yeah, I yeah. tried to push her down the stairs. He ran after me. I run in my room. He smashed through my door, and this is true. This is part of a bit. He stepped on my cum towel, <laughs> which I'll always just get a real big kick out of because it was. Did he sprain his ankle? Oh, dude, yeah, he stubbed a toe real bad. Uh, and the the bit ends with him like you know dry heaving and then walking out the door and never hitting oh, me and that's, that's the last hilarious. time I got hit but the real story is he beat the shit out of me oh really oh yeah my room you know he fucking yeah. unloaded and you know was like never ever ever overpower your mother again it's like so I just have to let her hit me yeah so, so you got you got beat growing up a little yeah, bit yeah oh yeah. so when you hit on that uh, now I, I now I fully understand it oh yeah besides the comedy that you weren't you weren't <laughs> bullshitting no so in my house with the, the homework and schooling and it was like so strict and you know just yelling and screaming if we didn't have our homework done and if we weren't getting good grades, all mm. this shit, right? So I was uh, in my family unit. I was the perfect son because okay. to me, it was like just fucking focus, 
count the years until you're 18 and right. then you could make your own life. So I didn't cause trouble. Then I had my brother who's only, he's barely a year younger than me. And oh, he wow. was the one like, fuck yeah. this. <laughs> but I was the straight and arrow, A's, mm-hmm. good SATs, did my homework, all that. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, I'll get into a good college at least, you know? Right. And then when I was a senior and I had these perfect grades and then I'd start applying to Syracuse, Boston University and Temple because at the time those were the three best broadcasting colleges oh so you knew even then huh oh yeah since i was a kid escaping in my room listening to radio and uh (laughs) and then i got the the lecture then i got the speech from my parents like oh by the way we can't afford college i'm like you just made me work hard all these years (laughs) knowing that yeah when yeah. push comes to shove, when it's the big payoff, you don't have it. A carrotless race. <laughs> oh, so that's how I went to fucking Geneseo. Yeah, I didn't yeah, want yeah. to go to Geneseo. <laughs> I'm sure Geneseo would love to hear these origin <laughs> stories. Fuck that school anyway. No, it's a great school now. That's <laughs> well, the I told thing. you. Did I tell you? So I graduated supposedly. Yeah. Initially, like I, I, I fought my ass off because I transferred. Had to take Spanish during every fucking break: winter, spring, summer. Like literally, just a language. All this stuff to like even make sure that it, the credits that didn't transfer yeah. kind of materialized into the full degree, right? And so I'm, I'm on the list. I didn't walk because my parents were th- thick in the middle of the divorce at that point, so I just left. They, they assured me everything was fine. My advisor, blah, blah, blah. I'm graduated. I'm done. A year later, they sent my mom a thing saying I'm three credits short, and the one class I'm missing is public speaking. Wow. Yeah. Public speaking. Uh, yeah. Even at the I point, at that time, like years later, I offered, I was like, hey, like, I kind of do this for a living. Yeah. I'll write a thesis. I'll pay for the yeah, credits, yeah, yeah. like, just to give me the fucking degree. And they're like, no. And I was no. like, well, then eat my asshole forever. Right. I will always trash Geneseo simply for that. Fuck that place. Well, when I went, <laughs> I mean, I'm older than you, obviously, but when I went, it was a hardcore drinking school. And then yeah. during your time, they I were, treated it that way. They, yeah. They were starting to kind of fade out of that. But now my, my niece goes and mm-hmm. it's like prim and proper oh my god yeah <laughs> well they probably got all the i got roofied by that one uh frat that got kicked off for like sexually assaulting their own <laughs> pledges <laughs> pigs or whatever they're like half a frat the first night of college i i was such a you know a little gay boy drinker i had i dipped my cup in the punch and then couldn't see six inches in front of my face they, right away they roofied you. roofied the entire punch bowl because they figured every woman would drink from that and then like oh, the dainty lady i am my I, God. I had some sweet sips and <laughs> sweet, sweet sips <laughs> Wow, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Thank you, Manscaped. <laughs> Thank you, Manscaped. <laughs> I, did, I shaved my nuts for the first time in uh, 10th grade. Yeah. It was a huge thing because it was the first year I was getting like consistent blowjobs. Yeah. And I knew that trimming was a thing, but I shaved it to like where I'm a baby boy. Like, and that I've was done that a few times. Crazy. It's a little weird. It started a whole thing in my grade where all my entire basketball team started shaving their really? pubes and balls and we were bald and we had one Chinese kid on our team named Howard Eng. <laughs> and so we, of course, called it Bard Eager <laughs> instead of anything. And we that was our team nickname for each other. Was it Bard Eager was our like our cry, our victory I'm, I'm no cry. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. Wildly racist and fun thing. So you also played <laughs> basketball. Did you shower? After practice? Uh, no, we didn't do that as a basketball team, really, because the wrestlers were doing wildly homosexual shit in the shower after every time. No. Like, like, we'd come off the court, and they would be, like, you know, plunging each other's assholes. and Come on. Those. No, I mean, but it, holding each other down and, like, you know, it, it, forceful Just getting bags. weird. Yeah, I got, I got tackled by my neighbor, Pat, several times while he was wet and naked, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, this sucks, dude. 
this this totally sucks. <laughs> There's nothing good about this. No, it's like it's it's exactly why I'm grateful <laughs> right. that I chose ba- basketball at a young age. Stop pretending. Yeah, we're just having fun and mm-hmm. and come out of the closet. Yeah, it's like no wonder you're angry. You have <laughs> right, all these right, repressed exactly. homosexual urges. No, I asked because after basketball practice, I went home sweaty because I wasn't developed yet. Oh yeah, I do good now, Mike. So I want everyone <laughs> to know that I still hate showering, dude. <laughs> yeah. I sent I sent a soft so every once in a while I'll send like funny soft nudes to my wife from the road like yeah. just to make sure she doesn't want to fuck me when I get back yeah. and I uh, you know I, I crop the picture and I send my friends my guy friends the topless pics because I'm one of the few in shape ones because I stopped drinking yeah. and they're all drinking and bloating up and being dads and whatever and I'm just like starting to cut weight and shit so I sent them this thing to be like yeah look at look at my body fuck you homo <laughs> and then I like didn't get a response so I went back to the chat and I saw the live circle in the corner, and I'm like, wait, what the fuck is that? And so I pressed the picture, and at the end, it like went down and still showed my soft dick. <laughs> so really? all of my guy friends got to see my dick in the worst possible light of all time, just a rigatoni size fucking skinny dick. It yeah. was terrible. That's awesome. Yeah. I, uh, in college, there was a rumor that this girl that was seeing one of our friends mm-hmm. shaved her uh, bush into a heart for Valentine's oh, Day. That's sweet. It drove the entire floor in Onondaga. I'll go local for you. <laughs> Insane. Yeah. And then every time you saw her for the next three years, you're just thinking about her heart-shaped heart-shaped box. box. There you go. Heart-shaped box. And that's before Manscaped. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So that was some real scissor work. (laughs) Exactly. One thing, I got to give away one bit slightly from your your, uh, special that comes out. January 24th, Life Begins (laughs) on Mike Cannon's YouTube channel. Uh, how you talk about your kid yeah. being on life support because because oh, yeah. he can't do anything yet. Yeah. Fucking brilliant. Oh, thanks, That's man. some brilliant observations. Oh, and that's why it. every comic should have a stupid kid because <laughs> it's built-in material. Yeah. I mean, it feels like that, right? Because at first, you know, now my kid, I, I say life begins at six months, yeah. which is interesting because now I'm dropping my album or my special on the six mo- on his six-month oh, birthday. Oh, that's so cool. And I, it almost like I, it happened accidentally. Yeah. But but like it, I you know he's now even at five months like he's a baby where he's interacting he's laughing he's yeah. smiling and it's like it's such a game changer because at first it's kind of frustrating to where we don't have any bodily connection he's not suckling off my tit to live right so I'm just like almost a workhorse I'm a grunt man just yeah. doing whatever I can to make sure that I'm helping my wife yeah. helping him survive <laughs> and all yeah. that stuff but like I'm getting no real reward out of it aside from this kid continuing to breathe you're just really a slave <laughs> yeah and you realize when uh, you become a father that uh, men are basically useless yeah yeah for the most useless. part useless yeah, yeah can we're you imagine grunts. if we were carrying a baby no we're all basically turtle from entourage <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> when you have a kid and then, and then after they're born you think you can step up more and they're like yeah. no they depend on the mom and the mm. breast and this and that and you're just like you feel like a loser yeah like, I, like I, what so what was my contribution here i, I shot a load in my wife eyelashes. that was it <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but you talk about them uh being useless which is so funny because 
every other animal on earth and this is where i love getting in getting uh in deep with you yeah and and where i really believe we just don't belong on this planet i don't know how we fucking got here but yeah. something went wrong in the universe and that's why humans are on earth i right. really believe that <laughs> and someday maybe it's going to be way past my time and probably yours where they yeah. finally go yep that's exactly what happened the oh, yeah. spaceship landed with these two astronauts way way way, way long ago and that's you know that's how earth kind of began with humans mm -hmm. but every other animal on uh we're yes. yeah we're doing a podcast <laughs> All right. <laughs> what do you think so, we're doing? I got to tell you, amazing we, that she knows what a podcast right. is. If we weren't doing a podcast, this would be really weird. <laughs> My dad would have walked in and would be like, you want space radio? Right, right. <laughs> There's two crazy guys up there just with microphones just babbling. <laughs> yeah, they're, both, they're just unconnected like, to anything. With way too much energy. They, no one talks like that when they don't have a mic in front of them. But on Earth, uh, every other animal, every other species, when they give birth, they're more or less self-sufficient. Yeah. Except for those stupid birds, I guess, that have to stay in a nest for a little bit. But, you know, all of a sudden you'll see, like, a a, a, a giraffe born. Right. And it, it just falls out of the mom's, you know, Gaping, cunt. gaping <laughs> vagina. Right. Yeah. I mean, at that point, it is a cunt. <laughs> right. And then the mom licks it a few times, and then all of a sudden it just awkwardly gets up. And the next <laughs> thing you know, it's hunting for its own food. Right. Yeah, right. All right, Sorry. Jeffrey. <laughs> a lion's coming. Right. We need to hurry. But with humans, they're just like, ah, help me. I know. <laughs> help me. It truly is baffling. Like, So two things. I was saying this right after my kid was born, right? That uh, I watched what my wife went through, what she was capable of, what came from her body. Yeah. And I couldn't believe that at the very base level of... Of humanity, men watched that happen and were like, thank you, we got it from here. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. we'll, we'll be in charge oh, yeah. from this point out. That, that blows my mind yeah. at a base animal level. And then, you know, the other thing is like, how did we survive this long with such loud, useless baggage? Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, the, the fact that I know that a lot of kids died off really early, obviously, so that's more or less how we did it. Yeah. But how a saber-toothed tiger didn't pick off 100% of the children, no you know, while they're whining and bitching and like, you know, yeah. that, that's a real testament to, well, to th human spirit. That's why to this day, women hear every single word yeah. <laughs> that is uttered. <laughs> I heard that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't figure it out. I mean, I'm convinced that uh, women were far superior mm. to men and we got fucking pissed off and started just <laughs> lifting boulders uh -huh. and knocking down trees so we could just do curls all day long so we could control yeah. them because they were so... And we convinced them that their period was a liability. We're like, look at you. You're bleeding. <laughs> yeah, right. Heal yourself, you right. dippy broad. We just knocked them down. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, how... Look at your hollow bones. Pick something up. <laughs> right. Because how else? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. It we're all of a sudden, you know, a guy comes in you and next thing you're just growing life inside you oh and think and about and then somehow we we look at them like they're they're like insignificant <laughs> are you kidding me and also just think about like what a what a also testament to the human spirit it was to even have sex yeah at that time because the smell emanating from a woman's vagina in, oh in you know oh fucking the year two oh must have God. been like fresh polar bear cunt like oh that would have been just yeah. a fishy blood nightmare <laughs> right. covered in the most disgusting <laughs> right. fur with right. 25 years of decay grown into their non-manscaped pubes. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Manscaped.com. 20% off. Use the promo code OP. That's funny. Who was the hero? 
that went down on a woman for the first time. What's his name and what year was, he was it? He was famous for not being able to smell. <laughs> That's how it happened. Yeah, he broke start. his nose on a coconut earlier <laughs> right. that day and was like, you know what? I might as well. Fuck going way back. How about just like uh, during the Revolutionary War? Mm. They yeah. were barely showering and uh, I mean... That's how great sex is, obviously. Right. Even if you're not uh, doing oral, could you just imagine just pulling down bloomers and what that was like? Yeah, and just, you know, it's uh, at that point, it was like real heavy-duty cotton, so it probably sealed in the stink. <laughs> right. So anytime you pulled it down, it was just a month's worth. Right. And then just crouched by a river all day doing the laundry, and next thing you know, you want to have sex with that? That's how great sex is, though, right? It just wilted the flowers on the <laughs> nightstand. Exactly. But there was a guy that... It went down for the first time. He's a true hero. Yeah, he him. should have a fucking statue. Oh, numb lips. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, our age difference, you you didn't come up when uh, women were still growing it like crazy down there, right? Growing, I mean, in high school, girls uh, definitely yeah. had a little bit of puke. Yeah, you'd run into it. But, uh, I mean, now it's kind of on the way back, I hear. But yeah. I, I don't know. Like, it, it, it depended on the woman. Like, mo- I, I'd say... 90% of the girls I've been with have been fully shaved. Right. I'd say 5% to 7% have had like a little landing strip, yeah. and then the others are an unkept that, dryer patch. That only came about a, at the end of my single years. Most of yeah. my years were like, wow. <laughs> Spent with a machete. <laughs> oh, no joke. Like you're just pushing stuff aside, trying uh, to find stuff. <laughs> you're trying to create cunt crop circles. <laughs> there you go oh my god did you live on a busy street that had lots of accidents where it was uh 40 miles per hour but but oh 303 so 303 303, yeah 303 did you live off 303 Uh, off of it but like i my house was inlet enough to where it wasn't an issue i was off of a couple other streets but yeah the 303 was like it was 40 miles per hour from the time i was like living there and capable to drive because I think it was 60 before that, and there was just a death every day, yeah. like, it, constantly. Like, people just fucking I, ripping around that thing. I, I heard it on your podcast, Irish uh, Goodbye, with Mike Feeney. Yeah. Tell Mike I said hi, by the way. I will. Uh, it's another thing we have in common, because I grew up on a very busy street, and I got excited when I heard that, because I want to like just talk about all the death in front of my house. It's crazy, Including man. my dad. No kidding? Oh, that was the big crescendo. Wait, the, he died on your busy street? Right in front of our oh our house that God. we that we uh moved into when I was five years old. And that was the that was finally the end where we had to get rid of that house and get right. my mom out of there. But before that it was it was our pets were getting run over. It oh was accidents in the God. middle of the night with power lines on cars that were upside down with guys yelling, Help me, help me in the middle of the night. Holy one car shit. hit. Our house going like they estimated like 70, 80 miles an hour where we couldn't even open the front door anymore. Holy. It hit the curb and hit the second level. There was a giant crack that we never fixed in our house oh because my of this car God. accident. Then it rolled and took out the whole side of our house. And then we all woke up, obviously. Yeah. And there's this drunk just wandering around in our backyard where we played wiffle ball. Like, what the fuck happened? Oh, my Totally God. fine because, like they say, you know, you're relaxed when you're drunk. Did that happen to both of you? Did that happen to your house multiple times? Yeah. Somebody got, there is always yeah. a house in every suburban neighborhood that just gets hit by drunk drivers. Oh, oh yeah. My well, friend Dave's house, they had to put like guardrails and like a what? net. They had everything. It got, they blew through their living room twice. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned guardrails because that's what happened to us. Because mm-hmm. before they put the guardrail up, nobody was hitting our house. Right. So <laughs> they would come home from Huntington, Long Island, drunk as fuck on 25A. Yeah. 
and they were flying into the woods. No harm, no foul. There's no houses. There's no people. But there's all sorts of trees, so I'm sure some of those accidents back in the day were ugly. So the town's like, I know what we should do. We need to put a guardrail up so they'll bounce off a little bit and stay on the road, and they won't hit a tree and die. Well, so then they were playing fucking um, pinball, basically. They hit the bump. uh, They hit the guardrail, excuse me. Mm And then it would knock them to the left, and guess whose house was to the left across the oh, street? Shit! Yeah, that's the only reason. Oh my <laughs> it's god! The only reason. My mom would hold court. You know, I I I should tell some of the nice stories about my mom, <laughs> which which is kind of hard to be totally honest with you. I'm not gonna lie. Honestly, that Christmas story I told really fond memory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But she would hold court in the middle of the night as the the cops and the the firemen are there and the neighbors right. are all out, and she'd be in her bathrobe just socializing. Holy shit! As, as there's some horrific scene right in front of our house. Oh, that reminds me of Edward Scissorhands when anything would happen, yes! they'd all go out into their front yard. Yes, and just, that's, yeah, Bravo. Which I, at this point I should mention. You have great movie references on oh, the podcast. <laughs> a lot of them go over my head. I'm not going to lie. I'm a weird Asperger's catalog. It's scary, though. Only some... the specific movies I've seen. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's scary, some of your references. But that one I know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, no, we had so much crazy ass shit happening right in front of oh our house. Oh, my God. That's wild. And then it ended man. with my dad dying uh, because you, ah, whatever. I've told this. Uh, but I, I, I'll tell it again, even though the faithful listeners are like, I heard this story. <laughs> but basically, uh, our house, he never took lefts because mm-hmm. it was so scary because we, we lived around the bend with the guardrail over there. Right. And, you know, so we never took lefts. But the, that day, like my parents' friends were picking them up and the guy's like, ah, I can take a fucking left. <laughs> oh, my God. So somebody else was fucking driving? Yeah. He goes, I could take a left. Oh, my God. Didn't help God. that he only had one arm, by oh. the way, as well. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sadly, these are, you know, yeah. I mean, we grew up with their kids, oh, which makes yeah. it really awkward. Oh, my God. And I try to let the, the one guy off the hook at the funeral awake. And he's like, what do you mean? It was my dad's fault. I'm like, oh, all right. Then whose fault is it? <laughs> right. It was, it was somebody else. Whose fault else is it? <laughs> I was trying to be, you know, take the high road. Oh, Look, I just God. want, I pull him aside. I mean, my, yeah, you know, it's his wake. I just want to let you know, you know, me me and my brothers and sisters, we don't blame your father. What do you mean blame my father? And I'm like, uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. We're not All right. Anyway, I'm going to go over here and cry some more. Sorry that I was trying to have a moment with you, you sick See, And fuck. let you off the hook, you fucking weirdo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he took the left, man. And, and my mom, uh, man, she was awful. in the back seat and she's like, uh, I, I almost said his name. I shouldn't. Uh, no, 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 don't take the left. You know, yeah. we always take rights and then we do a U turn. There's a road a little further up that you can pull in and then take the U turn and then take, you know, go left uh, finally. And he was like, no, man, I got this. And boy, he did not go. Oh, my he did God. not have it. Yikes. And my mom took the brunt of the accident. No shit. Oh, she was so fucked up. But my dad was on blood thinners for a bad heart, and that's Ugh. what took him out. Yeah. Because he walked oh, himself man. to the ambulance. I've, I've told all this stuff. I should shut up. That's tough. But. Even when I was cocky as like a teenager and a college kid, I, I, I took lefts out of my driveway, sure. but barely. Right, right. Every once in a while, it was just like you had to be razor sharp. You couldn't yeah, be you, on anything. I, you had to be like, <laughs> and go. Right, right. Yeah. So, 
spot. Was your neighborhood like? I mean, yeah, you couldn't be on anything in my whole neighborhood too, because like the, the fucking town mascot is the DUI. <laughs> oh really? Oh yeah, every oh, really? single dude. I mean, the amount of times me and my friends have just like irresponsibly dri- driven drunk, even like it, I mean, it's it's crazy. Yeah. Like my buddy would he had this huge box car, right? Like a big Lincoln almost, where it was like a junker that he was just driving yeah. around for the time being, and our school had this like real slow moving kind of like it wasn't a left turn it was just a just a turn right the only the only way you could go and he's going up the place you know 3 a.m right near tz high school stops right in the middle of this turn parks the car in the middle of the double yellow line gets out starts pissing in the middle of the street my buddy john is sitting shotgun and he's as blacked out if not more slides wow. over into the driver's seat and yeah. my buddy is like looks at him and goes what the fuck are you doing what do you do he's like i'm helping you and then he's like <laughs> just, he just put the car to drive and drove directly into the guardrail <laughs> so it was two drunk moronic mistakes in a row yeah. and like i have countless friends that have died from drunk accident like like a ton I had one tough one. He's yeah. my little brother in my fraternity in Geneseo. Yeah. Tough. Ugh. Head-on collision with, like, a truck. Yes, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, t- that was a tough, tough one, man, to be honest with you. But we all did it. Yeah, I know. I'm not proud of it. And it didn't even stop once my friends died, which is really right. fucked up. If anything, that gave us a little more of thirst to try to die also. Well, I mean, you still had to get pussy, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and also we would do a bump of Coke just to be safe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> to wake up for the ride home. <laughs> but with that said, I don't know if you're at that age yet, because mm. uh, I got a bunch of years on you, and, and now that you're a father... Um, do you wake up some mornings and go, holy fuck, I'm alive? I can't. Yeah. You start thinking about some of the shit from the past, yeah. and you cannot believe you're the same person. You're just yeah. like, I sometimes wake up, not in, you know, people exaggerate with that cold sweat shit, but that feeling of like, mm-hmm. I'll remember some dumb thing from Geneseo, and I'm just like, oh my, yeah. why did I take that fucking chance? I've, I've but you put, have youth on your side, so you think you know nothing yeah. will ever happen to you. I, I put myself in so much, I mean, I, in Ireland, I fell down an 11 foot drop where I should have broken my neck, but I just was drunk enough that my whole body was like, you know, a Lincoln Limber. log. Yeah. <laughs> I just fucking rolled down a hill, and I was like, I'm all right. But like in Geneseo, my buddy got pulled over. I like forced everybody. We had to go get a Dutch to smoke weed. Like that's the only way yeah. we could smoke weed. We didn't have 700 bongs in our yeah. fucking apartment that were easily accessible. So I made everybody get in the car. We're driving there. My friend is shit faced. Of course, we get pulled over. They breathalyze him, gets pulled out of the car. I'm in the like passenger seat and I go to the officer. They're like, your friend's going to jail. Like he's shit faced. Yeah. You guys are fucking idiots. We're going to come and impound the car. If you know, if you guys can't get a ride, and I'm like, can you breathalyze me to like, you know, I'll drive, I'll drive home, I feel fine. And they're like, okay. They gave me the breathalyzer, and they looked at it, and they're like, not even close, <laughs> like not even close. And I'm like, all right. And so they're like, listen, we're leaving. And there's like nine cops in all of Geneseo, so these were two of them. And they're like, all right, we're leaving. We're gonna come back in ten minutes. If you guys are still here, we're gonna impound the car, and we're gonna like have to take you home or whatever. And we're like, all right, whatever. We're like faking that we're going to call people. Cops disappear. I jump in the driver's seat and, and drive off. to the gas station 
continue the mission, yeah. drive to the gas station, get the Dutch, and then drive home. Wow. So not to mention, was I a fucking idiot to get behind the wheel anyway? I then drove further out in a car that they would recognize, got a Dutch, and then drove back through the area I just came from. That's amazing. I'm fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, we all are, yeah, though. Just an idiot. We all are. So the one thing, to, to wrap up, one thing you've learned uh, becoming a father. About myself, I learned that I'm way more capable than I thought, than I give myself credit for. I am, I, am, uh, I am able to be an adult. I might not want to at times, but I definitely am able to, and I can, I can be a really good partner to my wife, and I can be a really good father to my kid, and I'm just like 100% present and locked in. Uh, in terms of just overall fatherhood, it is, uh, it's much more... It's not even much more difficult. I mean, it's obviously more difficult than you think before you start because you just have no you yeah. no basis for it. But it's like it's so much more everything. It's emotionally exhausting. It's physically exhausting. It's you you have these feelings of love and frustration and all of those things that like it, it's everything, right? Yeah. And I just wish. I wish I had that conversation with my parents even earlier because it would have given me an appreciation for everything they did. I, yeah. I think if they were, you know, and this is me blaming them for why I didn't, you know, give them credit. But it, I, I just feel like if we spoke on an adult level for earlier, then we, I, I would have been a better son. Right. I think. So I'm hoping that that's what I glean oh, that, and bring to my kid. I was going to end with that, but now you lead to something else. So, you know, I, I had major issues growing up in my house but i i understand my my mom especially more mm -hmm. as i get older are you like scared that you're gonna fuck up your kid the same way you were fucked up because our our philosophy in our house is uh -huh. like look if you're a parent you're gonna fuck up your kids right right there's yeah. a very good chance they're gonna be in therapy no matter what because of you for sure so in my uh, household we're like all right we're gonna fuck up the kids even though people say we're really good parents and all that, but yeah. we're like, you know, it's just almost inevitable. Uh, but our thing is, fuck them up in new ways. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there'll, there'll be things that trigger me like, oh, shit, this mm -hmm. is when my mom would fucking, you know, throw the whole kitchen table through the window. And right, then, right. And then we'd make believe nothing happened as we're, <laughs> as we're sweeping up class. Yeah, yeah. So our thing is, fuck them up in new ways. We don't want to fuck them up at all, obviously. But, yeah. But I don't want to do the things that my parents did to us, to, to our kids. No, that's for sure. I mean, I'm... Uh, I, here, so the, two, this is like almost two parts, right? Is I'm just now starting to like who I am as a, as a person. I actually think I've I've grown into being pretty decent man, and like I, I have my head on straight. I I think I'm pretty smart. I think I'm pretty funny. I love what I do. I love my wife. I'm I'm a good husband. I'm a good father. Right. So I'm like just now seeing that. Oh, like you know what? All the hard shit that I went through and all that. You know that that sucked. But I'd be lucky to have a kid like me. Yeah. So if my kid eventually ends up being, you know, a well-rounded adult, hopefully it's not through him having to teach himself like right. I have. But, you know, if he ends up this way, there's nothing I could be but proud. Right. So I, you know, and that's that sounds like a weird, almost full of yourself thing. But I'm just now starting self-love. So if you think I'm conceited, suck my dick. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. You, you can't you can't be selfish or any, any of that shit if you're no, if you're uh, a parent. No. So I think I'm, I'm definitely. I mean, I'm going to be communicative with my kid. I'm going to be emotionally transparent. I'm going to tell him when I feel, uh, you know, and I'm not going to bog him down with all this stuff because there's parents that can go overboard by just being like too much to their yeah. kids. 
but I am. I just feel like I the communication is the is the big thing. Is I I just can't wait to talk to him and like right. and tell him everything. Mike, this was awesome. Thanks, so Mike much Cannon. For me, he's got a special coming out on his YouTube channel, which is Mike Cannon Comedy. So subscribe now. It'll come out. You'll get notified, and uh, I'm really proud of it. And I think uh, people. I like saw it right before it. we started recording the podcast. It's damn good. I appreciate it's it. It's called Life Begins, and I like that you explained that there's more material from that actual set that's going to come out after yeah. the special. Yeah, in Feb- February which is really 18th, smart. The, the album the full hour album is coming out and, and it's smart you're doing it yourself on your youtube channel yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. right <laughs> i feel like it is i mean you know schultz laid the laid the groundwork and he showed that you don't have to necessarily wait for permission so i've been sitting here with my thumb up my ass hoping a network was going to tap me to be next and it isn't happening at the moment and right. that's fine i'm just ready to do my thing well it's their loss dude you're really yeah. really fucking funny man. Uh, i appreciate anything it. else you want to promote real fast uh the podcast irish goodbye podcast yeah. and the special that's it and any dates on the road i'll be on the road mike there you go we did it i want to thank matt and the gang here at get parts for having great us. place great hot dog <laughs> you like the hot yeah, dog it was fucking awesome that was the last thing carl ate here <laughs> before he died Here's hoping that doesn't repeat <laughs> made everyone awkward <laughs> Mike, i go mike here's the menu order whatever you want they're great here and he goes i'll have the hot dog and then in front of matt and and uh the waitress and the bartender i i just had to explain to everyone that was the last thing carly <laughs> like, before he oh, died good, the r.i.p dog <laughs> one, of the, one of the last things he said to me was man the hot dogs are great at get parts <laughs> well, that's what i said <laughs> Then, you know, I, I will not walk into the subway because yeah, right. that was the last time I saw Carl. I walked from here to there. It's a half a block. He said, I love you. He hugged me. And that was the last time I saw well, him. I'll say I love you here. All right. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Oh, that was fun, man. Thank you. Boo 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 bo